2: This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome,
3: everybody. We are out at training camp. And again, just continuing on, this is the last week. It is absolutely gorgeous. Again, I can't believe the weather we're having. We had thunder, lightning, rainstorms for the first couple of weeks moving practice from one good morning Steelers
2: Nation how's everybody doing I'm not sure we are efforting right now to get Wolf Wolf are you there you got me okay there we okay, go we there a we go going on here nothing wrong with that but uh all right well, hey, how
3: are you <laughs> Max I'm doing good and I'm sorry we got a little bit of a echo so we're gonna work through this okay it's coming along we're, I'm talking about the last week, and it's uh, okay. We're still going a little bit kaflooey here. All right, so as soon as we get this corrected, we'll get this all dialed in. But Max, one of the things you gotta be excited about is the last week of training camp.
2: That's always big. Oh, oh, well, I mean, without a doubt, Wolf. I mean, that's that's what we that's what you strive for. You know, back in back in our days, especially during your days, this was the biggest moment. You're like, okay, listen, did, did I make it out the fray, the initial fray, right? Those first wave of cuts. Can I make it to see the end of training camp to get right. dismissed to go back into the city um, for the last game? I think that's kind of, you know, every guy's goal when you get into camp is make it through camp. Either, you know, ding free as possible or, or as ding less as possible. And, you know, make it through it's to make crazy. it to another day. <laughs> yeah. You know.
3: <clears throat> all right. What's going on here? I, we just got a little bit of something going on. All right. So, folks, we're going to restart the show. Are you there, Max?
2: Yes, I am here. All right.
3: All right. You're there. Beautiful. Well, here's the thing about it, and I apologize for any inconvenience Uh, That just occurred here going along. Okay, let's restart the show, Max, because, again, up at training camp, and it's beautiful. We had all kinds of systems and switches going kaflooey there. But right now, we're dialed in, okay? So, in talking about the last week of camp, this is an important time. You know, with only three preseason games, this is really all about making sure that you start to create separation between you and the guy next to you, behind you, in front of you, whatever, you've got to start making your statement about who you are and what you can do. So it's stacking the practices, stacking the games, making sure that you're improving.
2: You're absolutely right, Wolf. I think one of the biggest things you have to think about is think about the macro impact that you can have on this game because every time you get out there on the field, you're auditioning. You're auditioning for all 32 teams at this point. It's not just the Steelers. But it's everybody, and I think that's what guys have to kind of keep a constant eye on is that I can't put bad tape out there. I can't put bad practices there. My first opportunity and my first responsibility is, of course, to audition for the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's why I'm here. This is the camp that chose me. I'm auditioning for them first. But when I step out on the field for a game, it's everybody and i have to make sure i'm putting my best foot forward it's just like going, it's just like people who you know who have to fill in at broadway shows right you don't know who's in yes. the audience somebody might be might, might be looking to hire you for another show and that's what you have to you're there to perform your duties and show off your skill set and your asset the asset that you can be to any team that's out there looking for your services and this week is a very important week cuz this is the last time you get these kind of stack practices in this kind of homogeneous system which is at training camp homogeneous you said yeah. yes i you know i had to find a hoopy word the hoopy word of the okay, day okay thank you uh, <laughs> yes the the but, hoopy word for the day for my yeah. mom who let
3: me just explain who she gets thrilled when back in the day if i came up with a big word she felt like i was actually going to college and then she realized that listening to max max is full of big words so now <laughs> it's it's all about you big boy you actually got a
2: degree. Oh, stop it! So, hey, you're on the wall, though. I'm not on a wall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's a pizza parlor. <laughs> yeah, but hey, hey, still a wall, Wolf. Still, still a, wall. a
3: wall. There, there, you go. So, Max, let yeah. me ask you. You think some of these guys are wondering if the light at the end of the tunnel could be a train?
2: Yeah. <laughs> I think some of those guys that that, that's the kind of mindset you have to as a young guy or a new guy on a team especially when you know you are you're you're competing and you see how you know you grade the film from the game on Saturday right against Jacksonville yes guy plays your similar position guy guy had guy had some plays you know you can start to feel the pressure and if you're the guy that made said plays for the other guys in your position you start applying said pressure so I think It's going to feel like some guys, it's like it's a train coming at me. Other guys are like, it's the end of the tunnel. But it's all about your perspective. You can't allow it to be the train, not for right now. You can allow when it comes that Saturday after that last preseason game and it's the big cut down, you can then decide there. But for right now, all eyes and all mind has to be on, it is light. It is not a train. (laughs)
3: Yeah, there's no question about that. The last thing you want to do is meet a train coming the other way. But I'll say this. You know, the other thing about what happens is you get a little bit anxious to get to the comforts of home. You know, if you if you especially you're living in the city or you're living in Pittsburgh, what have you, you're not a rookie or you've got a place here. It's it's about, you know, kind of wanting it. You gotta make sure that you stay dialed in right to the end because nobody can afford on this team right now, basically, other than you know, the T J Watson, Cam Haywards, those guy, kind of guys. But nobody can really afford to put it on cruise and just try to get through the last week. This is really all about accelerating your development and making sure, as I said before, you want to put some space between you and the guy you're competing with.
2: No, absolutely. And now you have tape to go off of. So now you have something that's tangible that you can now weigh yourself against the competition. And I think that's the biggest thing. If you're an offensive lineman, how do I do handling a bull rush from a 320-pound guy? or a 270-pound guy? If I'm a defensive lineman, how did I disengage from this offensive lineman that I have not gone against for the last three weeks? How am I creating something, getting on edges to apply pressure? Secondary, in my drops, am I taking the right angle, or did I cheat too much that allowed the quarterback to make a pass uh, You know, in the outskirts of my zone? All those things matter. Linebackers, did I have the right fit? Running backs, did I see the right hole? Receivers, did I make the right cut? to make myself presentable to the quarterback. All of these things have to be going through your head as you're self-scouting yourself. And I think that's the biggest thing is that film is now available, just how you and I watch film, Wolf. The same right. thing those guys need to be doing, watching their own film and grading themselves and watching what they need to do better and making sure they watch it with a critical eye and not pie in the sky because you won the game. It's what can I do to get better? That's what the the endless journey is in this game of football when you hit the professional level is, what else can I do? It's not about what I've done. It's about what more can I do to make myself better and also be an asset to my teammates.
3: Then the final complication of the of this past week is for some of the guys, you got to remember, uh, you know, because we'll be traveling, I'm sure, like Friday, all right, down to Jacksonville. So Thursday will become the unofficial Latrobe 500, as you remember. Yes. <laughs> That was always, gentlemen, start your engines. Yeah. And you already got the car packed up because, you know, you yeah. want to get out of here as fast as you can and get back to the home base in Pittsburgh, whatever it is, the night before You know, before you take off for Jacksonville. So this is – got to remember, and Chuck Knoll always used to warn us that there's a lot of state troopers that also know this is the last day of training camp. So make sure when you (laughs) go down Route 30 that you are obeying the speed limit, right?
2: Yeah, open it up on the parkway, fellas. Speaking from experience, open up on the parkway. Do not open up on Route 30. uh, Your feelings will get hurt. Uh,
3: (laughs) There's no doubt about that. You know, it's so funny. I remember back in the day with such great joy, especially if you've been up here for six or seven weeks, as uh, we were wont to do back in the day, you just could not get to your car fast enough. You couldn't light it up and get it started fast enough you couldn't get down route 30 fast enough other than making sure that you watch for the state troopers but the fact was you know it was all about breaking camp and what a joy that was
2: no absolutely i mean you know the the memories that you've created up here you know those last a lifetime and i think for you know for a lot of these guys this was their first training camp think about this wolf only 20 guys had been to training camp before COVID yeah. that showed up this year. So a lot of guys created brand-new memories and starting something that hopefully will go on to the future and become a standard here that, hey, when you get drafted, you come to La Trope. That That's your rite of passage for each year that, that that's upon you. And it, it's also it's that proving ground. It's the forge, right? It's the forge for the men of steel. It's where you go here, you continue to practice your craft, you continue, to, you know, to to mold and shape what you want your career to be, and the opportunity to make bonds with individuals that normally you would not have come across. And I think that's also the lesson to be learned in this. Regardless if you make the team or not, you've created lasting memories because there's something to be said and something special about having this opportunity, and it's a very unique place. Like 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 we've said from the beginning, you said it first. Wolf was. Think about how many Hall of Famers have been in the same place that you've been, been on that same exact field, have bled, have have gone have gone to battle on those same fields, and what their careers meant. This is a hallo- it's hallowed grounds, and so it's it should be something that we should always look forward to, and something that you should never regret or feel like is a drag.
3: Well, we're going to have a little change in protocol here because the cool breeze just breezed in, and there's just, a breeze on his back. He just blew up the hill. Exactly, and he's got to get out of here for a press conference, okay, at 1030. So, Max, we got Jerry Dulak here because Max is down in Phoenix oh. where it's probably a little warmer than what we're experiencing right now, Jerry. But, but, but I got only to say this. <laughs> <laughs> it's only 102.
4: <laughs> only 102. Uh, it's
2: breezy. It's breezy. Yeah, it's a cool 102.
4: <laughs> It's one yeah. of the few days, you know, I saw Wolf yesterday in a hoodie at camp. That's how cool it was.
3: That's exactly so. Only twice in my 42 years have I ever worn a hoodie up here during training camp, and unbelievable. it's unbelievable. Even penalty. the fat that's guy that's that, that, that I, I am, fine. I should have been you. I should have been just fine, yeah.
4: I saw the fi- mayor of Latrobe walking around with his hands in his own pockets. That's how cool <laughs> it was yesterday. <laughs> yeah, they're... Uh, they're they're have they're having a little uh, a media session with Andy Whiteo, the assistant GM, okay, uh, which was a last minute uh, gathering at ten thirty, and so that's why, you know, I'm a man of commitment. To Wolf, yes, you are. When, when you ask, I I I jump. You and well. so I wanted to be sure I at least came up and fulfilled my yes obligation to you. Well, thank you very
3: much. We're so happy to have you here, Jerry Dulak, from the Post Gazette, game day broadcast and and uh, broadcaster of all things. Golf, whatever, right? Whatever, I mean, you, can, well, you can handle it all. Wherever they give consumer me a consumer of all there sports. You go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right, we got a little bit. We got Tuzar Skipper got released yesterday, yeah. and they brought in James Vodhurst. Do you know anything about James?
4: I, I don't. Um, uh, you know the the Tuzar Skipper thing is. Uh, it's not surprising. Um, You know, one of the reasons they released him before is, you know, you see him out on the football field, but it's a little bit of Kendrell Bell just running to the ball and gets out of position, not exactly sure what he was doing was the complaint before. Uh, But he's an athletic guy. Uh, But I'll tell you that, um, you know, that outside linebacker position to me is worrisome because uh, one of those two guys go down, uh, there's nothing behind it. and And you saw very little, if any, production from the two guys who played a good bit uh, uh, you know Derek Tuska and the Delante Scott. While I like what I've seen in Delante Scott, he's not ready to play on any kind of regular basis. And to me, if uh, that the, the, the top position, the most key position on that defense, outside linebacker, as far as they're concerned, something happens there, there is no depth behind it. And I still wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised to see them pick up somebody, uh, you know, more of note as a backup uh, before the season.
2: Well, everybody but Melvin Ingram uh so <laughs> <laughs> let's not go down that note again that's one you can throw in the trash um but um, so when you look at the film jerry just from your view which was i'm sure a very nice view in the press box um i was also squeezed into a press better box. than, better than uh, your view but you you get better yeah, exactly sound where you are right i get a better that, view. that is true yes uh there's kind of one of the what was one of the surprises for you in this game? What, what 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 did someone do that you weren't that you weren't ready to experience or did not? Uh, what am I trying to say? You did not think that it was going to happen, I guess. Well, I got you, it.
4: and and I said this last night on the radio, Max. That the two biggest uh, surprises to me of training camp. One, when I say Kenny Pickett, I only say it because I didn't watch him a whole lot in camp. And, and what I see of Kenny Pickett is you can see he has kind of that quarterback it thing. Uh, you know, um, he is a natural thrower of the football, gets rid of the ball quick, knows where he wants to go. Now we'll see, you know, when and if he plays in a regular season game and, and defenses are, are, you know, gearing up for and, and scheming for an offense. But to me, the biggest one is Anthony McFarland. This is a guy who I thought for two years didn't know how to run in the NFL, and he showed it. And um, now all of a sudden what we saw the other night, hitting the hole, breaking tackles, uh, you know, uh, showing the burst of speed. That was the biggest surprise to me uh, above any of the others anybody else might have thought was just the way he performed and the way he – the the running ability uh, that he displayed.
3: You know who popped up on my radar, and I think you're exactly correct with Anthony McFarland, but was that NFL dude, as Mike Tomlin calls him, Arthur Mallette. You know, Arthur We Mollet. saw that
4: last year a little we bit. We saw yes, a little bit of right. it, but
3: again, just jumping out. I mean, the way he defeated the screen pass, came over, made the hit, came back off the on the backside of some of those outside runs, outside zones, you know, filling the gaps. He's a powerful dude. He's a hard hitter. I really like the, the the thought of him playing some of that nickel, and if they're going to go with three safeties, this is going to be interesting to see what that does for his playing time in certain packages. Yeah, well,
4: if they're going to you know they're going to take those three positions and and figure it out amongst four guys. You know, Akella Weatherspoon, Levi Wallace, Cam Sutton, and Akella we- and um, Arthur Millette. And it depends if they want to bring Cam Sutton into the slot and put those two on the outside, or put Arthur Millette uh, inside and put, um, you know, Cam Sutton and or Akella Weatherspoon and uh, or Levi Wallace on the on the other corner. But it'll be those four guys kind of rotating among those three positions, the constant, of course, being Cam Sutton. Exactly.
2: Yeah, and, and you know, I, I think you're right when you say to see different guys. And and I thought, you know, Anthony McFarlane definitely surprised me as well. And, you know, Jalen Warren – we already right. had an inkling from camp, but would it transfer from St. Vincent's to sure was was going to be the biggest question, and I think he kind of he kind of he kind of answered a lot of those. Of course, Bob Labriola came on and said, "Just don't commit the cardinal sin. Don't become a fumbler. <laughs> it's like let it right. be a let it be a hiccup." Um, you know, defensively, um, I know we talked about outside linebackers, but defensive line. I mean, what did you think of? The young guys, the rotation they had there, obviously a lot of guys removed from that. You didn't have any of really the starters. Uh, actually, you didn't have any starters in there. It was all second line and third line. What did you think the def- of the defensive line?
4: Well, two well uh, two guys to me stood out defensively, and one of them on the defensive line was uh, not surprising because uh, we see it here in training camp, and the coaches love it, and that's Isaiah Loudermilk. Uh, there's no question about it. Um, uh, I the, the other guy who was a standout uh, the other night among their regulars was uh, Miles Jack. Uh, you just, you know, the guy plays with a passion. He plays with an aggression. He's an athletic guy. The key with this guy is going to be staying healthy. It's been something that's kind of dogged him in the past. But when he's on the football field, they are a much better defense. But I'll tell you the one thing I notice about uh, DeMarvin Leal, this guy has a lot of ability. I think he, he plays a little uncontrolled right now, but once he learns, you know, he shows the explosion, the quickness, the pass rush moves, and then he'll learn how to settle into that defense. Um, But uh, he's another guy, but I would say along the front line, those two, but especially Isaiah Lautenbach. This guy, I think, is ready to be a a big-time contributor. You know, I love the – I think it was a third down play when
3: we saw Miles Jack uh, literally – knife his way through the line and jack the guy hit. up it's he a great did. name and yeah, it was, yeah. i, I think that's a great yes jack that guy up right. miles did a great job of uh, using his eyes and cutting through the the double teams i, I really i you know I, i'm excited about it i'm just kind of a little uh, a little worried you know because you're not sure how much uh, they Depth there, there's going right. to be, but I mean, he's one of the guys that could really be significant in turning this run defense around. Given that you get the pillars of granite up front doing their jobs.
4: Well, I think the one thing too that was a little disconcerting, and look, I mean, we've seen it and we know it, and we saw it the other night, is that while Robert Spillane is you know is better than Devin Bush against the run for sure, um, we see it in practice. We saw it yesterday in practice. We saw it in the game. Quarterbacks are going to go after him in pass coverage and. Uh, you know, that's not his forte. That's not his strength. And so when he's in the game, um, you know, I'm not going to call it a liability, but it's certainly not a strength. And I think that's another uh, another thing that, you know, they're hoping that Devin Bush could be both. Uh, we haven't seen that. But um, I think when Robert Spillane's in there, like I said, we see it here. They, they go after that middle of the field in, in coverage on him.
3: All right. Well, we got to get rolling
4: here. I, I got to run, boys. But all you right, know I thank love you, Duke.
3: The cool breeze came in for his uh, time you, here. We appreciate you so much, Jerry. We'll be back with more after this. More from training camp. Wolf Starks and the Ninjas, right here on ESPN 970 and SNR.
0: Live Nation presents Concert Week.
2: This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio.
3: Welcome back, everybody, and I hope we got the bugaboos all worked out here. I think we do. The ninjas have been hard at work at it, although I, I just listening to the commentary behind the scenes, they're, they were massing together a formulation of how they were going to overthrow me. Oh. They're gonna come out, put the blame on me, Max, for all oh, the problems wow. here. Oh wow! Oh yeah! Wow! They're, gonna, they're gonna kibosh you.
2: Oh man! No, you can't do that.
3: <laughs> I, I I was gonna get the you know eighty-eight and out the gate sort
2: of treatment. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. No. That see, and and you have to understand, you're grandfathered in that no problems are your problems. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. All right. No, Max. On the radio station, not at home. Not at home. It's always okay, your fault. Yeah. Just remember that. Thank you. Yes. That's Hopefully, pay heard that. Between- I'm on your side, F- Faith. No, it's cool. <laughs> <laughs>
3: well played. Well played on that one, bro. All right, here we go. We got. It's being reported by uh, Dale lolly that Anthony Miller and Carl Joseph have sustained season-ending injuries. That's a bummer. I think we saw Anthony Miller when uh, on the sidelines there when he went down. He doinked something there um, and got carted off last week before the game. And Carl Joseph has got something going on. So both guys have uh, right now, according to a report by Dale Lally, that um,
2: they are you know suffering season-ending injuries. Oh, that that's that's a bummer to hear, especially when you think about the camps they've had. Wolf, I mean, we've watched them. They, they had explosive plays. You know, Carl Joseph um, was having a great camp. You know, yes. and then he, he left to go, you know, see the birth of his child. And then we were like, man, where where is Carl Joseph? All these other guys. And then as soon as he came back, you knew he was there. Um, he just popped up on film immediately. Uh, and so to hear that, you know, it just kind of sucks buttermilk, right? I mean, it's one of those things yep. where you just wish. That he, you know, that he could have had a chance to, to make it to the season and, and have an impact. But, you know, another man's misfortunes, another man's opportunity. So, True. you know, look at the rest of those guys at that safety position and at the wide receiving group. You know, you've got to, you've got to come up big. And I think Miles Boykin has been one of those guys that kind of had the similar body type and style of Anthony Miller. He had, a, he had a good game. And then of course Donovan Steiner, um, you know, playing in the game. Uh, and having a solid game as far as his reading reactions. So, I mean, you look at the other guys there and you say, okay, you know, the competition got a little bit less, so maybe a little bit more light than, than train uh, for a couple of guys in those positions because I felt like both of those young men were having some really st- – putting some st- stellar work on, on tape.
3: Well, the thing about Anthony Miller is, at number one, he's one of those – you know, Mike Tomlin refers to him as tall guys and uh, short stop-and-go guys. You know, the ability to play out of the slot. Anthony Miller was a guy that had a lot of familiarity with Mitch Trubisky, being both they were in Chicago at one point together. So that was something that was playing out in favor of Anthony Miller, and we saw him have some pretty good uh, stacking, as Mike Tomlin calls it, stacking some good practices one after another. Uh, He was a guy that definitely has showed some, some excellent ability here. But when you look at it and you think, okay, Our receivers are going to be what Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, George Pickens, and probably Calvin Austin, correct? So this is something that's going to open up for somebody else, and maybe the Miles Boykin, like you said, because Miles also made a tackle on the kickoff team. Now, anytime after making a great play offensively, yes, it was
2: like back-to-back tape. It was it was pretty phenomenal.
3: (laughs) Was it not reminiscent of you know Chase Claypool a couple years ago? When he had, you know, had a couple of scores in a game and came right around and went down on the kickoff and made a tackle, so big, strong, wide receivers such as a Miles Boykin, such as a Chase Claypool, uh, really can find some added value by what they do on the special teams. And Miles Boykin is definitely one of those guys that looks like he's special teamer capable
2: absolutely I mean and and that's one of the biggest things I mean you think about Miles Boykin but you also have to remember Steven Sims right I mean
1: right uh, you know
2: to have that tremendous punt return and then also have that jet sweep so you know it's a very hotly contested room I I think wide receiver you know is one of the biggest I think questions about who's going to fall out outside of your known suspects because it Guys are making some tremendous play. I mean, you think about Tyler Vaughn. He scores a go-ahead touchdown from Kenny Pickett. So, I mean, the wide receiver room has so much to offer. It's going to be very tough when we start actually paring this down to make the decision. I mean, Anthony Miller, though unfortunate, gave somebody else life in that room. <laughs> because, yes, yes. You know, it, it was a very tough decision going into it. It gets a little bit easy. But, I mean, when I say little, I mean, we're, we're talking about microns of assault um, difference. Mm-hmm but My there's goodness. a lot of there's a here you like that you like that pull that out I like out. it very good air. you know Pulled again you're air. two and oh
3: up on hoopy words today yeah right? you
2: know i mean just put put me on the new york times uh, crossword puzzle there we go <laughs> <laughs> that,
3: that stumpifies me, man. Those crossword those yeah, yeah. puzzles are brutal. Oh,
2: oh, no, they crush me, especially when you get to Sunday. It's just like, just just stop no. it. I mean, Monday, I feel like, is like the warm-up. And then they, they, just, they, then they slowly break your soul into Sunday. Um, yes. But, no, Monday uh, is for uh, <laughs> mutton heads. Yes. But I think the biggest thing is that, you know, like we talked about at the beginning of the show, Wolf, don't lose the opportunity and start focusing on other things. We can talk about wide receiver room. And the fact that Anthony Miller makes the decision, uh, you know, a little bit easier as far as the cut numbers. But the players should not be thinking about that at all. They right. are. They should be worried about, hey, I need to put out consistent tape. Did, no missed assignments, right? No mental errors, no MEs or MAs um, in this process. I need to be the best version of myself to be an asset, not a liability When I'm on the field and that's what I have to constantly like you said stacking days I have to stack days on top of days so that coaches have comfort when it comes to this Saturday against Jacksonville rain or shine more rain than shine I'm sure because it's Florida this time of year hurricane season so Mm -hmm. you've got to be ready to go you've got to be ready to rock and roll and there should be no doubt in your mind you should be feeling like okay I am not not to say the word perfect is a bad word. But better than I was the week before.
3: I, I I got you on that, and I you you know you brought up Stephen Sims, and one of the things I love about him again he had the uh, thirty-eight yarder on a jet sweep, he had a thirty-eight yard punt return. Now Gunnar Oshuski is a guy that they right now he's penciled in as the guy I would think, you know just. You, oh, know, yeah. uh, you know, as we go along here. But one of the things I really found out, I, I went back and watched some more tape, and I'm watching Steven Sims come in motion and get inside of Connor Haywood on an inside zone run and it do battle in there. You know how they stack off the tackles, butt, you know, and they, they area yeah. between, you know, an H-back and a, and a wide receiver. Like, remember how they used to bring Heinz Ward back inside? Yeah, the old the, Z
2: find or, or X finds. Yeah, where you had yeah, to dig you out go. safety.
3: Yeah, whatever the term is, because we didn't do that. Stalworth and Swan weren't about to do that back in the day, though they were. Well, and, top and,
2: guys. and of course, you had yeah, you, you had men amongst men on the offensive line. You guys were oh, burly, ooh. strong men Bur- who could take burly. on. Burly, <laughs> burly. I love that. I, I, but you, I had go, you had to go had to go in the throwback word. I was like, I was like, what would be a word to describe the eighties? Burly. <laughs> Burly. Burly, there's hair and there and, there, and there's see- muscles. All right, you know John Colb,
3: okay? Yes have, yes. have you ever seen more of a granite chin than John Colb?
2: I mean, he's no, a real no. Oklahoma cowboy. I, I mean, it's it square jawed at its finest. I mean, John Wayne would be jealous. I mean, it, yes. It's like, you know, it's just one of those where you're like, okay, this this guy used a pickaxe to chisel this granite. You know, instead of <laughs> instead of those little fine chiseling tools. It's like, yeah, let's just, let's, just get too, let's, let's just get it squared off. Don't, e- don't even round it. There's no softness here. Just a straight line and a straight line. Let's make a square. That's John Cole. <laughs> I mean, he, he, is, he, he, is, he is absolutely like Wreck-It Ralph, which younger generations can appreciate that. Like Wreck-It Ralph. Like Wreck-It Ralph was <laughs> just a big, burly dude. That's what I think of when I think of John Cole back in the day.
3: <laughs> you know, the funny part is back in the day we used to have a, a, a voting. We used to vote the most miserable man in, on, uh, in camp. You know, John Colb yeah. won it three years in a row, three years <laughs> in a row. The most miserable. We voted, right? And so you yeah. got some contenders. You know, by my my by my third year, I could have been a contender. All right. But you know what? Colby completely overwhelmed me. He overwhelmed a lot of other guys that we had at that point in time. Mike Webster was another guy who was a bit miserable in training camp. But John Colb was decisively voted most miserable man in camp three years in a row. I thought that was
2: outstanding. But listen, John Kolb is also like the nicest guy in the world. Oh but yeah. But like you said, like we described, he 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 is he is pickaxed out of granite, right? As far as the chisel, I don't even right. know if he smiled, it would still come off as happy. You know what I'm saying? So that that's one of the things. You know, it's like it's like it's like. I mean, I have never seen John smile, but I imagine if it's like this is my happy face. You know, kind of, kind of deal. So, so it's, like, it's like makes it like so easy. I will say the picture we have of you. You know, when we have the line upstairs in the um, in the Southside facility, right? It shows like you know, great great offensive linemen from the past. Like your picture right. there, it's def it's definitely of. I just got a training camp and. I still have camp legs, like type of look on your face. You, <laughs> The picture they had at you, which I mean, would normally be like that, like, like aggressive, like, oh man, that's a mean dude. Don't mess with him. But I guess us as linemen, we know that we, we know those faces can look one way to the public, but to us, we're like, that's a, that's a sense of relief. I don't know how aggressive that picture, because it looks like you just left training camp and you were excited to be home, even though it's like one of those like type of faces.
3: <laughs> you know what's so funny? John Kolb tells this story. His second year in the league, he's up in Bonaventure Hall. You know where that is, okay? He's just yep. been inserted the week before. I think he made his first start or got into the starting lineup. So he's all excited. He feels like he's doing well, right? So all of a sudden he gets he gets the knock on the door, and here it's the guy that's the Turk, right? The guy that comes oh. around and tells you when. So he he's standing there and he's kind of you know, flummoxed, a little dumbfounded, and, and the guy says to him, Coach Noel wants to see you. But what he didn't say was that bring your playbook. So what happened was Colby leaves to start to go to, uh, uh, you know, Coach Knoll's room, and then he realizes I don't have my playbook. So he goes back to his room in the little dorm room in Bonaventure Hall. He gets his – he's getting really mad now, you know, and he picks yeah. up his, his playbook and he goes – well, you know what the heck with it? He didn't ask for it, so he throws it against the brick wall, and the thing just, you know, it's a loose-leaf binder. It explodes. There's 500 pages going everywhere, right? And he just goes on down the hallway, and he just goes in to see Chuck Knoll. Now, Coach Knoll's standing there. He's got some pictures, and the pictures are – of woodpeckers and birds because Coach Knoll was out on a nature walk or something sometime over the summer, went, you know, uh, on a hike, and he took these pictures. And so he was showing John these pictures, and John's getting just agitated because he's thinking he's about to get cut, and Coach Knoll is showing him pictures of woodpeckers, right? (laughs) So now he's, you know, and all of a sudden Chuck looks at him and goes, John, is something the matter because you seem distracted? And John's like, you mean I'm not getting cut? And Chuck goes, "No, whatever gave you that idea?" <laughs> <laughs> John, John is so relieved, oh, don't even God. say nothing. So he leaves. He goes back to his room and he's thinking, "Oh, this is great." Until he got to the room and he looks, there's 500 pages. Of, I was about <laughs> to say that has to be a lonely feeling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's unbelievable! Room,
2: it's like a toddler that has to clean up. They just had like exactly. a <laughs> you just go sit in the middle of the floor and you're just like pushing papers towards you stack stack okay oh <laughs> darn it the the lo- the loopholes are off. ah you gotta start over uh, again <laughs> And the best part was when John
3: slammed that book and then he walked off he said, Well, somebody's going to have to clean that up, but it won't be me. Well, guess it was. It was. It was John (laughs) Cole who had to clean it up. All right, let's take a break. We'll be back with more. We'll be coming back here at Training Camp Live with Wolf, Starks, and the Ninjas after this.
2: in the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Mm, I wonder
3: who's playing that hot guitar at the open here. I like that. You know, that could be the great Norm Nardini or could be Joe Grashecki. A couple of noted rockers here in the Berg. They play a pretty mean guitar. Those guys are pretty, pretty cool, man. But anyhow, getting out here. We're, we're, we're concentrating at training camp, and one of the things that about Saturday night I thought was so good was, again, you don't often have three quarterbacks that go 100, uh, a rating of 100 points or better on the uh, quarterback rating scale, and one of the things, you look at the three quarterbacks, you had all three over 100 in their quarterback rating, but you know what, you got Trubisky going with the fast start, you got uh, Mason Rudolph with the best throw of the night, and you got Kenny Pickett with the game winner, Max the three of these guys really did a yeoman's job and an excellent job at doing at their part of getting that win for the Steelers and showing exactly where they're at in their quarterbacking capabilities
2: I think this is what you' this is what the best case scenario could be for a quarterback competition right you want to see guys compete and go at their give give it their best i mean this is one of the things we talked about you know how would this competition shake out? What would be some differentiators? And right now, there's no differentiators. You got the quote-unquote established guy had a solid game. The, the incumbent who came in in free agency had a solid game. And your rookie had a solid game. So when you look at that, it's like, man, it's like now it's really apples to apples. And we'll see as some things get moved around and guys get different opportunities But for the quarterbacks, I mean, there's a a lot to like as far as this competition. And it was better than, you know, than we could have hoped for when you look at how the game unfolded, right? We talked about fast start. How can you create a fast start? Well, Mr. Biskey said, I got a fast start for you. One drive, one touchdown. First drive of the game. I'm going to give it to you. And solid, solid after that, then Mason Rudolph. He comes out. He answers the bell as well. Drives the field. And he also gets a score. And then. You put Kenny Pickett in towards the end of the game, and it's like, hey, don't mess it up, right? <laughs> and he comes out. He manages, you know, holds the football, um, you know, has some pressure, escapes pressure, gets the ball down the field, gets great deliveries. And then, of course, game time in front of your entire college team and the Pittsburgh right. faithful that stayed in the stadium the entire time, you deliver a, a game-winning drive. So, I mean, it was great to see because you kind of felt that's what it was like everything moved you didn't really feel any stagnation in the offense and i thought you know hey it's going to be tough when we go down to jacksonville that's going to be your next step because that's a hungry team that's a team that has nothing to lose and everybody on there is fighting you have to impress the new head coach down there and doug peterson and they're gonna they're gonna be hungry and itching for a fight and this team's a little bit more versatile i think what seattle is even though seattle had a decent team but i mean You know, it's it's one of those things you look at you're like, this is going to be a run-first team come season time. They're going to be a very heavy play-action run team. So you're going to get a team in Jacksonville that's going to be a little bit more versatile. What are you guys going to do? Can you combat throw-for-throw and rush-for-rush when we see them on Saturday? The interesting thing to
3: me when I look at the
2: quarterbacks, the
3: the common denominator throughout all three of them was composure. Their ability to focus with the pressure that each one was facing individually, which is that's part and parcel of what it means to be a quarterback. I mean, you got to face that and you got to be able to do it. Uh, Mitch Trubisky, you know, you are the heir apparent. You were signed. You were uh, basically anointed as the starter from the get go. There's an awful lot of ramp up time to training camp in the first preseason. Out of the gate shots for Mitch Trubisky, but he comes through glowingly. in, in my, you know, uh, in my humble estimation, the guy showed his mobility, his arm, his leadership, and his ability to get things started. Okay, that's a good first start. That's all it is. It's just a first start. But that's what we see. Composure. We look at Mason Rudolph. Mason comes in. He gets the ball knocked out of hand. He gets strip sacked there. Uh, does he, you know, does he pout? Does he like uh, curl up? No. This dude. I will say this. I think mentally, psychologically, Mason Rudolph is – well, he's, he's, he's tougher than woodpecker lips mentally. I got to tell you so. I mean, I just – to see him be able to recover that ball two plays later, make the best throw of the night to Pickens down in the corner of the end zone, sensational. And this young man, I think, uh, as I watch Mason Rudolph, he is mentally very strong because he's really – you know, he's gone through some adversity and done well. And then the last guy is Pickett. Think about it. Your whole home, you know, football team is there, uh, with Coach Narduzzi and everybody. And you know, you, you come out and you get the game winner after being sacked on a fourth and one, a rollout. Right? What happens? You get sacked on that. You don't go and disappear. You wait for your opportunity. The defense does it. You got Mark Robinson stripping the ball. You got Tuzar Skipper recovering the ball so what happens you come out and you throw the game winner to Tyler Vaughn's. I mean to me all three quarterbacks showed that composure when in fact there's there's a lot of guys that might have not been so settled down or able to operate under such uh, you know such pressures
2: no you're absolutely right and I think that 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 just goes to show right Wolf that this group is a mentally strong group Uh, you're going to have different adversities and you know I thought one of the cool things which i would have loved to have seen a little bit closer is when each guy came off the field right how the right. quarterbacks huddled around each other and how they talked through uh, whatever they saw and they were giving advice to each other i thought that was something cool to see from up in the box since <laughs> i wasn't on the field but that was something i, I wanted to focus on as well um, on the sidelines and so you know i think that's another thing because they talk about how close this room is they talk about you know it is competition but they're there to make each other better. And I thought that was something that was really cool. Because, like, like you said, Mason gets the ball stripped out of his hands. But then, boom, you get back and then you you have that throw. And then you also think about Pickett controlling his emotions, right? Stepping into the stadium for the first time as a Steeler and not a Panther. I think that's right. the other thing that, you know, you, you have to think that the nerves are just immense. And like you said, you got everybody watching you. All your teammates are out there. I'm sure a couple of the linemen were like, man – Hopefully I get to go to the Steelers because I I, I could do that. I, I want to go block. I did it for five years. I want to go do it again. You know, you know, you, you have to you, you have to think about that like Marcus Minor, right? I mean, he's 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 the guy, he's probably like, man, 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 I want to play for them. Man, I want to block for Pickett. You know, so I think those are the other cool things that you know you get to see in that. But I think as this team starts to play more games, you know, these next two weeks will be very imperative, but start to, you know, start looking at how they mold together and how they feed off of each other and how they encourage each other. Because that's a, a hidden part of the game we don't really see. We see you know, some of the mic'd up sounds, but that's the real definition of a team. That sideline composure, that sideline demeanor and banter, that really creates the closeness of a team.
3: Well, one of the things that's going to be interesting to see is how all three of these guys operate in a uh, foreign facility. You know, Being able to go to Jacksonville, down in the stadium there, and be able to – uh, use your voice, use your, your command of, you know, may, who knows, maybe a silent count. Probably not, but you may have a, enough fans there to create some, you know, some little disturbances there, and you might have to go silent count. Or, or at it's least a home game. Maybe it's they- a
2: home game, Wolf. It's just, it, it, it is really like a home game down there. Yeah, well, okay. All right. So it's <laughs> not going to be. I, any- I know you're building it up, but, yeah. But no, no. Yeah, I mean, You know, it, you're trying. It's a we're, summer home. We're trying home. to get it's something su- here. The southern summer home of the Steelers. I'm calling it now. Okay. I'm calling All right. that place.
3: That works. I you know, <laughs> we're just trying to squeeze every ounce of what it could be, you know, as we're viewing this game coming up here. I thought, yeah, you know what, maybe no, you're right. It's really like the summer home of the Steelers.
2: What are <laughs> You've you been do? down there. You get celebrated when you go down there, Wolf. I feel like there's prime <laughs> ribs on platters
3: is when you get off the plane. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, we got to go to break. That's the first hour
2: in the can. Wolf
3: starts and the ninjas right here at St. Vincent College.
0: Live Nation presents Concert Week.